This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hi guys, welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. You're here with Amber and Jenna and today we are discussing spiritual warfare. It is very real. So if you're interested in this topic and want to get stuck in a little bit more to it, visit our show notes on themotherlovingfuture.com uh, and there's a little button over there that allows you to sign up for some more goodness from us as well. So give it a go. Go on, click away. So Jenna, <laughs> give us your definition because I know you're really feeling this today. We both are. Yeah, we've just been um, taken a victim out. We've of been spiritual tried. warfare just now, dude. That was crazy. Yeah. And every time we have tried to record this episode, because this is not the first time that we've tried to record this episode. Yeah. We've, we're under attack right now and it's legitimate. It's so funny. Go on, they don't go on want just to... explain what just happened. Mm-hmm. Well, what just happened is that we just tried to record this episode and there was just a litany of just anomalous technical difficulties. Yeah. We are Mercury in retrograde right now, which probably doesn't help, but this is kind of crazy. It was one thing after another, but like we're recording now. Don't want this information want, out. And that must mean it's good information. Ooh, it's going to be juicy. Yeah. Okay. So my definition, Hit I know. Me. Okay. So although this is a shortened definition just to really get to the point, but it's this. Okay. So my definition of spiritual warfare, the angel and devil on your shoulders, the age old battle of following your negative ego or following the train of love. And there is a battle between light and dark raging. Um, In every hero's journey, in every culture's mythology, we see this battle reflected. And it's real for us too, I would say. Oh, so real. Why do you think it's so important for us to understand this concept and to recognize the warfare within ourselves? Well, I think just to be the best version of ourselves that we can be, it's important to see... Um, where this battle is raging within us, and then just to choose actively, choose the light. So would you say that the dark side is the ego and the light side is spirit or love? Yeah, yes. And I would say, I mean, how it probably within us, um, how it feels is that the dark side is anything negative, any dark negative thought loops, feelings of anger, feelings of sadness, depression, anxiety, negative thought loops, hating yourself, hating hate, you know, like those types of feelings. That's the negative within us. That's the darkness within us. And a lot of that- All of that spawned from the ego. All, I was about to say, you took the words. Hey, hey, hey. All of that spawned from ego. You know? And what do you think the mission of the dark side is? Like, what war are they fighting over? Because I think, just to answer my own question, mm-hmm. it's the separation from love, which is where our greatest um, power lies and is the only way we're going to transcend to the next level of consciousness, right? Totally. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. So what do you think the dark side's mission is? Well, I think the dark side's mission is really to feed off us um, in a way, you know, feed off our Activate our pain bodies. Sure. Keep us in separation, illusion. Yeah. 
And, you know, but like why, if you want to get down to the deeper questions of why would they want to keep us in separation and illusion, you know, I would say that it is a certain energetic siphoning off of our energies. Because if you think about it, you know, we, we are these spiritual, beautiful beings with all this life force in us, which allow us to go out and do everything that we want to do. And we're connected to spirit in our deep down. And so, um, in that connection is, is, is energy, you know, and when you're disconnected from the source of all energy, which is source, light, or spirit, then you need something to feed off of in a way because um, otherwise you have no sustenance or, or energy to live off of, really. So would you say that people who are caught in that negative mind loop or their pain bodies activated in some way are more of a victim to be taken down by spiritual warfare yeah because the more vulnerable you are the more you just get attacked yeah and if you think about it anytime that you're engaging in negative thought patterns within yourself that's siphoning your energy because you could be using that energy to do what you want in the world to like go on your mission to be a good friend be a good partner be a good parent do everything that you want to do but you're not doing that instead you're stuck in this negative mind loop going down so in that way it's like siphoning your energy you know it's you it's taking your energy yeah. away. And when you're taken out to that degree, you're completely bumped off your path. What use are you to the yes. greater good? Yes. For, for yourself, for your family, for the world. You can't do anything. You're debilitated when you're taken down by yes. the negative mind loop. And that's within the personal, within the microcosm. Now, in the macrocosm, meaning in the bigger picture, which is a mirror for the smaller picture, which is ourselves, you know, this play between the dark and light is happening sort of on a global scale as we're kind of seeing it play out in all sorts of different ways. Let's um, talk about some of those ways. Yeah. Politically, there's clearly a battle of light and dark. I mean, that's always been really environmentally there's a play out and yeah. in what other ways are you seeing a really clear battle of spiritual warfare well, being I mean, played out how i see it the biggest kind of way that i see it being played out in the macrocosm are those which are really fighting for a sustainable future such as like sustainable energy solar power like rehabilitating the soil doing ways of cleaning up rehabilitating the earth moving towards sustainable energy sources um loving the earth, environment, animals. So there's those type of pushes, that push. And then there's this other push for war, really for using resources for war and aggression and the military industrial complex. So to me, that's how I see it. I see there's like this good force and then there's also this bad force, you know? And do you think that if there's clearly this light and dark force within us all, why do you think those people are motivated? Do you think it's a subconscious motivation and they just don't understand the bigger picture? Or do you think that there's some type of outside source directing them? Or what's your idea on why people I mean, would do that? From my multidimensional perspective, you know, there is just a war on consciousness happening on this earth. And um, there's a lot of multidimensional factors involved definitely in, in this battle. But this battle has been reflected from an anthropological perspective since the beginning of time. If you look at all mythology, you see the hero's journey, which is a hero that is embodying the light, that is facing um, an evil, like a dark, 
sort of um, obstacle which he has to overcome, and then in so he becomes a hero. And this is based on Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces, and he was a great um, comparative mythologist who compared the mythologies of many different cultures in this book, and he came to this conclusion that every hero in pretty much every culture is going through this journey of, of fighting the dark and then winning, and then be- that is what makes them a hero. Um, also in religion, every single religion, you see like the devil versus the angel or whatever is the metaphor of that specific religion. So we see that in every single religion. Um, in Freudian psycho- psych- psychological theory, you see these the, what he calls, what Freud calls the death drive and um, the drive, the life dr- principle or the life drive, or eros and thanatos, the, the drive that's pushing us forward towards creation and then the drive that's, that's, that's pushing us back towards our own destruction. And in, we see, also see that in the macrocosm of, of culture and, and how there's a force pushing culture forward and also a, a, course, a force trying to um, destroy culture. And just luckily, the, the force moving forward is just a little stronger, according to Freud, than the destructive force um, pushing us backwards. So th- this battle between light and dark or spiritual warfare has been reflected very uh, thoroughly throughout all of human culture in every single um, corner of the earth. So it's an innate aspect of life and the human condition and yeah. the universal law, it, it sounds like. Furthermore, I would even go further into talking about sort of science and just molecular structure. And if you, Negative and positive. Yeah. It's a duality. It's, totally. If that you, creates us. Totally. If you get down to the molecules, the building blocks of, of our world, you're going to see that positive and negative um, charged particles. So you have this very clear positive negative charge, which and it's the play between those forces, which allows matter to be solid and allows us to have the world that we have. So it's inherent in, in this station of consciousness that we all collectively inhabit this duality. So, so if it's an inherent part of us and we're always going to be expressing one or the other, is, there's clearly no end to this war. Okay, yes. And I would say in, in the third dimensional reality, yeah, that definitely. Um, in higher dimensional spaces and whether or not we are able to move into higher dimensional spaces while on the earth is debatable. But in higher dimensional spaces, I would say they're free from the, this physical uh, need for the duality to exist. And, you know, I think there's parts of our soul which are outside of this duality and which... Um, you know, a spiritual practice of mine that I learned from Lisa Renee is, you know, polarity integration, which is taking the polarities and integrating them into the neutral, compassionate witness, the neutral field and how powerful that is to do. So do you do that in times when you feel as though you're getting possessed by the darker forces? Yeah. Okay. An example of how you could do it when you're getting possessed by darker forces is let's say I'm having an anxiety mind loop going down because my kid won't eat anything but mac and cheese and lollipops. And I think everyone, well, most people can relate who yeah, have well, toddlers. Yes. Okay. So I start to think, well, I'm like, you know, what about his gut bacteria? I'm a horrible mom. And I start to go through this downward spiral. Um, and 
Uh, wait, where was I going Dude, with wait, that? Wait, wait, yeah, the, the Lisa Renee meditation. Oh that yeah, helps the polarity integration. Okay, so so the the thing about the polarity integration is the compassionate witness. Okay, so if I can move into compassionate witness mode, which is outside of judgment mode, and I can say, okay, I'm going to compassionately witness myself right now. I'm not wrong or right. Like, I'm just going to see this. Here I am. I'm Jenna. I'm a mom that like really wants to do the best for her kids. And I'm fighting as hard as I possibly can to do that. And, you know, Milo won't open his mouth for anything but mac and cheese and a lollipop. So like, you you don't want to starve your kid. I, I see where you're coming from. I compassionately witness you. And it's it's neither wrong nor right. It just is. And it's okay. You know, and that's the, that's the compassionate witness. So you've got to be gentle on yourself. Mm-hmm. Kind of cut yourself a break, step back so you're not so related to the the inner warfare. Mm-hmm. And then what about the meditation? When do you insert that? Well, I mean, no, that the, the Oh, it's it's a theory, not a meditation. The theory. Yeah, the theory got of, it, got of polarity integration of it's just being a compassionate witness it's to your thoughts. Just being a compassionate witness. And it's also just being a compassionate witness to the world and like all every like sort of the what Lisa Renee says, the theory is sort of like the compassionate witness is the way to get outside it's the higher station of consciousness to polarity. So you're not in reaction yes. and, and action you're, constantly. Yeah. You're just watching, going, oh, you're not yeah. going to catch me. I'm not going to get sucked into that yeah. story. And it's You've like got all, more control over your actions, right? Yeah. And also like compassionate witnessing things that are happening because as things come to the surface, for example, this whole like Me Too movement where we're noticing all these women come forward and say these men have done really horrible things and there's been a conspiracy of silence, et cetera. Um, As this horrible information comes forth and there might be more horrible information in other areas that are going to come forth in this moment of consciousness and shifting and truth opening, um, that we witness that compassionately and we say, okay, like good and bad exist and that bad happened, but that's okay. Like it's, it's, we compassionately hold you in neutrality. Cause if you don't, you're playing one side or the other, yeah. right? Yeah. So do you personally, do you catch yourself before you become involved and act from that place of spiritual warfare? Are you able to catch yourself or do I would you say slip almost- into it? A hundred percent, not a hundred percent of the time. Jeez. But like most of the time I am when I can't is when I am run down. Like I'm tired, I'm hungry. There's something in my life that I'm not at my strongest. And then it just takes me down. And this is like the last area of my life where I'm really trying to get on lockdown to fully embody love because I want to fully embody love, but I still have moments where I'm like broken down and then like I get taken down by spiritual So balance warfare. is key. Yeah. Looking after yourself, self-care, making sure you're strong mm-hmm. constitution-wise, yeah. mind-wise, yeah, food, sleep. Yeah. Because if you're not and you're taken down, that's not helpful to your friends and family and children and whatnot, mm. obviously. Obviously. Nor, nor to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Fascinating. Hmm. And so How about you? Wait, I want to know what your, where do you get caught most in the warfare? Like, do you have a particular story that drags you down or is there a trigger that catches you or is it in your relationship or your relationship to yourself? Where's the point where you find there's warfare most? I think it's in my relationship Hmm. at this point, you Mm -hmm. know, because being that like my husband is the closest person like in my life that I see all the time and he's my closest mirror. And so he's kind of the person that I, that I reflect all that into the most, Hmm. I'd say. And so 
when you catch it, when you become the compassionate witness Mm -hmm. and you see that you're going into a mind loop of, oh, he did this, that, whatever the story is, Mm -hmm. how long do you, are there any other tools to get you back to that space of love where you're fighting for the light and the love or like what's your process with it? Okay. So, I mean, my story, as you say, is mostly like, um, that Jesse is uh, emotionally um, unavailable, you know, because of the way that he was raised as a, as a guy and being very in his masculine. And that's how men are raised to be. They're raised to be unemotionally unavailable for their own protection. And so that's how he is. And we're trying to break through and open his heart. And he's doing a great job of, of getting deep down and trying. Um, so shout out to Jess. But um, so that, that's my story though. So that, that like, I want him to be more intuitively, emotionally, like supportive. Um, and so really what happens for me is that like, I go down into a spiral of that and we get into a fight about it and it makes me feel horrible. And then I take, what usually happens is if we're talking about it, if we're as long as he's in a good emotional state, usually he will pull, like be like, okay, pull me out of it. But if he's also in a bad emotional state, that's when it really gets bad. And in those cases, we just have to both take time and meditate and, um, just like, I, I mean, I have like shielding meditations where like, I wish I can link to this podcast. I always say that where I, um, you know, see the light of love washing through me like a waterfall. I see, I see that connecting down to the earth. I see that connecting up to spirit and I see that spinning out like a Taurus field around me. And I really focus on that. I call in the angels and guides, um, and I take the time I need to recalibrate and sometimes being right next to him, it's hard to recalibrate. So sometimes being away from him, it's easier to like get back into Mm -hmm. my recalibration. Mm -hmm. And then usually by that time he's much calmer and less passionately you know Mm -hmm. into his emotions anyway so usually by that time he's also ready to uh just be over it too do you think just if we're really going to get down to the little details exploring them do you think that just purely the story of jesse's emotionally unavailable and your quest for him to be more available is spiritual warfare Totally. Do, you, do you think if you were just able to fully accept him for how he is and you weren't constantly trying to bring him into his heart and be a different way, you would be more in, you know, on the team of just full acceptance and love? Um, or yes. is that a cop out? Well, no, I think that like when I really key into that and like when I really think about what you said, I feel like um, he and I are meant to push each other in certain ways and that's part of our soul contract. And I don't think me accepting him for how he was is really of his best interest and mm-hmm. that he would even, because he does it, he recognizes it, you know, he wants to be pushed deep mm-hmm. down and, um, that's why he chose you. Yeah. That's why he chose me. Like, I don't think he would have chosen me. Trust yeah. me. Cause I've like always been a crazy <laughs> philosopher, like on the radical edge of reality. So I don't think he would have chosen that if he didn't want to be pushed in that yeah. way. No, I totally agree. I'm just playing. Devil's and he pushes me here. too. You know, because in his like very, very logical mind and his organization and his way of approaching life, which is a very like logical, methodical way that I can really learn from, you know, that gets me because I'm like, oh, there's no room for like passion and, uh, and that. But then also it's like, 
I need to be more like that in order to accomplish my goals, you know? Mm-hmm. So oh, we yeah, push I, each other. It's beautiful. It's so great when you get some perspective on the details of the push and pull and the conflict and you step back and go, oh, that's exactly why I called that person into my life because yeah. they are pushing me and triggering me and tri- pulling me to get activated in certain ways, which I need to in order to be a whole fuller, a better person. Yeah. Oh, it's so fascinating. Yeah. And how about you? What, what's been your experience with spiritual warfare in your life? Hmm. Well, just, just discussing it and really getting down to the nitty gritty, I'm becoming really clear that it's all about the stories we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's all about the inner dialogue, the negative critic, the, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's that voice. And so, I mean, I can see that in my life daily, all the time. And whenever I get taken out by comparisons or um, self-doubt or negative self-talk or really being negative about someone else, even if it's like whatever, someone who cut me off in traffic, those I'm, I'm starting to understand just those simple aspects of the negative mind is spiritual warfare. And if I continue to feed that and let it go unrecognized as what how it plays out, the bigger picture of my life starts to get contaminated. Totally. So totally. Uh, you start to believe that you have a right to feel that way mm-hmm. and you you have a right to be in that moment, mode of judgment or separation or depression or whatever it may be. You, our mind begins to tell us stories to justify that. Too. Yeah, it becomes familiar. You justify it. It's comfortable. And I like to look at the bigger the bigger picture of my life. And if I really keep my focus and my eyes on my life mission and something bigger than what I am in the world, I start to um, calibrate my thoughts and actions and major choices in my life to match up with that. So when my eyes are off the bigger picture of, okay, you're here on earth for a millisecond, let's make it worthwhile. Let's say yes to life and to love and to all things that enrich my my experience. And I have a life calling. I want to make a difference when it comes down to you know, the possibility of raising the consciousness on the earth between humanity and inhumanity in order to then save the environment and give our children a better future and just give this race, you know, some hope. I start to think, am I supporting that? In this moment when I'm screaming abuse at that person who cut me off in traffic and I'm sending out that vibration and standing for war, am I supporting my bigger life calling or am I getting sidetracked and distracted and taken out by something so minor? You know, it's so beautiful to hear you say that because it's just so self, self-observational self and just radically honest and it just makes me happy. <laughs> and, you know, it reminds me of this metaphor of like, you know, that there's two wolves, one wolf on your, white wolf on one shoulder and a black wolf on one shoulder. And which wolf are you going to feed? Because the wolf that you feed is the wolf that's going to thrive and get stronger. And the wolf that you don't feed is the one that's going to starve and die off. So mm, let's hope so. Yeah. And, and on that point as well, 
Just taking responsibility for being in control of your own inner warfare, because if we don't recognize it, how are we meant to control it or tame it or do anything about it? So really, I like to take on the practice of being a keen observer of my thoughts, because my thoughts then turn into my words, and then my words support my actions. And then before I know it, my entire reality is formed out of my actions and my choices. And so the spiritual warfare within my own mind, if I don't watch that and tame that and try and move it towards the light, I see that manifested, as you said, in relationship, in my relationship. And therefore that is getting manifested in my son who's watching our relationship. Good point. And then how can I be a representation? How can I be here with you rooting for consciousness and the light and healing and love if I'm not if I'm not vigilant and on it within my own being. And so, so beautiful. And this is what every, each and one of us has to like really ask ourselves, like, where are we truly not embodying love in our lives, you know? And just to just work on ourselves, to just really get down to that and break that down and crush that and just be love and choose love in Mm. every single moment. And that is our mission. That's our joint mission. That's it. That's it. If we don't, we're not, going to be powerful in our um in what we're representing in the what well we are but it's going to be in a negative sense I guess like my <laughs> whole point is I'm reminding myself how I am within my own relationship to myself completely dictates what I stand for in the world it's not my own secret little world where I'm beating myself up and judging other people that will manifest mm-hmm. in my relationships mm-hmm. in all of my mirrors you in, can't get away from in that. the bigger choices and then what am I contributing to with my time on earth I am mm-hmm. literally contributing to the war on separation yep and the war of hate and the war of dis- destruction destroying each other the environment all of that so I like to really th- when handling this concept of spiritual warfare within our own selves, really take a step back and say, who do I want to represent in this war? Am I representing the light? Great. If I'm representing the light, I've got to be that firstly within myself and then outward in my relationships and then on a bigger scale in action in the world. And if we all did that, if we all just had the concept of spiritual warfare, it would obviously be an extremely different world. So it all just starts with understanding it. And I, I, I like your concept as well of just being gentle on yourself, knowing mm. it's a human condition, knowing mm. that none of us are enlightened. Well, Jenna maybe. No, She's no, probably no, the closest. No, 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 no. But we're, we're really no. all in this battle together. And how do we move through it? For, for me, coming to the kind of idea through our discussion that it's about my story, that's what feeds the, the negative war against myself. What do I need to do to correct that? What do I need to do to carve out a new groove in my brain to redirect my thoughts to an uplifting, positive, productive story so, that's going to support my bigger mission? So what's your answer to that? Therapy. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's bio-individuality. Whatever works for well, you is what works for you. What works for me 
definitely doesn't work for you. I mean, I don't know, definitely. No, no, but, I mean, maybe, but... But um, it, you don't I'm, resonate with it as deeply as I do. So well, what I'm saying is that... Yeah, but that's by a very person, specific case that. you as an individual have, have to work out what works best for you in regards to carving new grooves and creating a new reality for yourself. For me, I'm really getting so much out of therapy. I've been doing yeah, these hardcore totally. sessions. Oh, but your therapist sounds amazing. She is the bomb. I'm just so grateful every time. It's such hard work and it's mm. really confronting, but I walk out of there where I'm, I've got my blind spots in front of me. I've been called out on my blind spots and I understand where they've come from and how to curb them. And I think that's one of the main ways to carve a new relationship and inner dialogue with ourselves. Amazing. Can I, I'm curious about um, a question, Mm -hmm. which is you did Landmark, right? Mm -hmm. And isn't Landmark all about like just breaking down your story? Mm -hmm. So like I'm... That was going to be my next point. Okay. I was just going to ask you, like, what do they tell you about in Landmark? Am I allowed to ask about Is that like a secret thing that I'm not allowed to ask ask about? It's a cult. It is a cult? I'm just joking. Can you just like give us all the info? It's not a cult. It's not a cult. give us all the info? Like, hey, what do they tell you that breaks down your story in that? Because that is not therapy. You're going to have to enroll in order to find out. That's what I was afraid you'd say. This is like Scientology. That's what I was afraid you'd say. You have to come in through the blue doors in order to find out the secret to life. Yeah, I know. That's what I was afraid you'd say. <laughs> I see. I'm not into that. I just want the answers like short and sweet. Like, of course, right now. you're you're the are you a millennial. We're millennials, right? Well, I think yeah. I think that's our generation. Like, that's like we want the answers now. We're the oldest millennials. Yeah, Sorry, we want it quick, quick on our smart. Age, but we were born in 1983. <laughs> what do you mean? 21's not a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Put a 10 years or so on that. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Well, wait, landmark, is that the question? My That's li- a real question, right? Like, how do you break your story in landmark? Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you like the cliff notes as, yeah. as much as I can, notes. because it's a, it's a journey. It's, it's a yeah. ceremony. And it's they like take you, you start, through yeah. this whole process, which yeah. really makes it happen for you. It's a really and I get deep. That. You can't, so you I can't, can't, give, you you the can't give you the answers in such a short I can't give time. you the answers in, a, in just like, you know, five notes, but I can tell you what comes to me when I think about my own experience with Landmark. Okay. 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 So before Landmark, I had um, hung onto particular stories that shaped the way I create, I move through life. It shaped the partners I chose, my confidence levels, which obviously shapes everything, what you say yes and no to, what you go for, how high you shoot. Um, the food you eat, all of that stuff. So I had particular negative stories that I inherited from my childhood that I labeled as the truth and Mm -hmm. reality and Mm -hmm. it actually happened. And I had zero, um, I was not budging on that because that was reality. Mm -hmm. Now, whether I liked it or not, those stories were ruling me in my current life. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like in those subconscious choices you make mm-hmm. and type of people you lean towards or lean away from. So when I went into Landmark, I, I, got, I got to go through a journey. It's really um, philosophical. It's a really incredible psychological philosophical I'm curious. approach I just to totally this. Want to try it. Yeah, just, it's, it's I'm really curious. fascinating. It's, it's, and then I want to give the clip. One of <laughs> the biggest aha moments of my life mm-hmm. really was. It was like truly incredible. There's no way I could have come to this theory by myself right. or with a therapist. So, drum roll. What 
what I really came out with, like the real kind of root of their philosophy is that we get to choose our perspective. We get to travel back in time to those moments which have jarred us and sent us off on a, in a different direction through life, which we're then creating our life off that belief system. We get to go back to that moment and recreate it as something that just is. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't bad. It wasn't evil. It wasn't unfair. It wasn't compassionate witness. That's it. Compassionate witness. Mm -hmm. And people are holding onto hardcore stuff like rape, like child abuse, like they watched someone murder someone and they had to keep it a secret their whole life. Like really hardcore beliefs that have completely shaped who they are and are limiting their potential completely. And those people got freedom from that ruling them subconsciously in their day-to-day and also massively like weighing down their life. Mm -hmm. So, and it isn't a trick of the mind. It's really a practical approach to analyzing traumas that have happened in your life and recreating them to be mutual and to be, and it frees them. It moves you from the victim to being empowered. Oh, so amazing. Yes, yes, yes. Totally resonates. And true. And some of the main points that I could take out are are that you can intentionally create your perspective and your reality starting today, right now. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what you've been living or what truth you've been living up until this moment. If you, if you really believe that you're in control of your mind and your reality and you get to control your perspective, Yes, but most people see their perspectives as truth, as truth and reality, fixed. F- like fact. Yeah, there is that's nothing not, moving that. See, but that's the part that needs to get shifted. Yeah, and so how do those people do that? So another thing landmark. you could take away is like everything you thought you knew and the reality that you think yes. you believe is potentially it's all yeah, made up. It's all made up. Everything is made up, and that's that's exactly what they say. <laughs> they just said, prepared to realize that everything you thought you knew is made up. Is, is just like, yeah, like not a lie, but you've made it up. Totally. You're lying it's your to yourself. Story. Yeah, it's your story. So I totally so shout out to some, Landmark. Some great stuff here. And it's called Landmark Forum, which is a four, it's, it's a three day, three and a half day seminar. And you're locked in that room and you are traveling with a whole group of people, like over a hundred people. And that's the beauty of the course is that people are vulnerably and transparently sharing their stories, which are so heartbreaking and so intense. And you get to, people go up and go, but I don't understand. That can't be true. That actually happened. Like he actually hit me or whatever it was. And through the, their coaching, you get freedom from your stories. You really learn by listening to other people. Interesting. And yeah, it's really And incredible. I also say there's something therapeutic about talking about the, the trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something very therapeutic about declaring it in a way because that takes it from outside in... Before it was like in your body, like just festering and then mm-hmm. to take it out and like release it from within you and then just let it diffuse it out to many mm-hmm. ears. That's there's everything. something very... Oh my gosh. The moments where I've wasted years of my life being ruled by a story are always the moments where I try to distract myself from it. I won't face it. I won't move into it. I won't acknowledge it. I won't talk about it. I just completely, I I use all of my energy to push away from 
those deep feelings that I'm so afraid of feeling. And it rules me. It circulates within my mind and my body. And whenever it pops up, it takes me down, but it rules me. Mm -hmm. It it siphons my power, as Mm -hmm. you said. Mm -hmm. And so once I realize, oh, wow, the thing I'm trying to avoid is, is ruling me, the moment I moved into that, I was completely free of it. I could feel the energy dissipating within my own Mm -hmm, system and mm -hmm. leaving my, like my psyche. It was, yeah, I really recommend anyone who's running from any type of trauma or fear or feelings to really move into them, lean into them and magical things happen. Totally. Totally. So, okay. So if we're getting back to what works what we can use as practical tools in managing spiritual warfare within ourselves and therefore changing the story of spiritual warfare on earth as it manifests, I would say watching your own mind, understanding your own mind, observing yourself and understanding when you're in that zone and what triggers you and where it really comes from, rewriting your perception and your story, rewriting your inner dialogue so you're not naturally diverting to something that's supporting spiritual warfare on the dark side mm-hmm. and, and also just even recognizing that this is a choice of light and dark and if you're in a negative thought loop that that yeah, is spiritual warfare that is the it's dark so side hard to and do. choosing I mean this is really hard and I almost feel like this is like the full stop this is the only thing that we can recommend for this is just fully everybody just fully getting their own mind and mm-hmm. body in mm-hmm. check you know fully embodying and I love. have to admit I'm still working on moving through those moments where I feel so possessed by my emotions yeah me too I'm so dominated by the dark side I just every particle in my being is wanting to smash something or to shout or to to entertain the dark side and in those moments I know I should be choosing the light but I'm so ruled by my emotions I I don't know how to 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 let them go I just Mm. don't know how they're ruling me so what I have found in those moments is really just breathing really deeply that moves that stagnant energy out of my system. It relaxes my system. It feels it fuels my particles with oxygen. It starts to loosen up my brain. Mm-hmm. It really breathing deeply and having a mantra, having something mm-hmm. to go to which has a meaning that is so personal and powerful to you that it it takes over your current mind loop that mm-hmm. is a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. So having a like, mantra like I'm on the I'm on the team of love. Yeah, spiritual warfare ends with me. Perfect. There we go. So, yeah, it's a bit, you know, it's tough, as I said. It's It's tough for me too. I'm totally totally a victim to it. I'm still, I'll probably spend my whole life working on it. We, We all will, I'm sure. Probably, but of course, anything with practice, you get better at. And realizing you have a problem. It's the first step. <laughs> Setting the intention to fix it is the second mm-hmm. step and then actively working towards that. And I think, you know, we're in the actively work, working towards yeah, so the stage, but like tools. we're figuring it out, you know? Okay, so tools, breath work, mantra, redirecting your thoughts. Shielding carving, meditation. Shielding meditation, carving a new way, a, a new um, thought pattern through therapy, through... Landmark. Landmark. Yep, totally. No, I completely support they Landmark. They should pay us. They don't, by the way. <laughs> um, and let me think what else. Meditation is obviously one of those incredible ways to become the the observer, the compassionate mm-hmm. observer. Yeah, the compassionate witness is a great tool. That's it. Through so meditation. The more you're meditating, the more you'll probably recognize how dominating one side of the war is for you. 
Um, what else? Sleep, rest, good food, so, mm-hmm. just balance in your mm-hmm. life. As you said, the moments when I'm taken out as well, the most, the, when I'm most vulnerable to the dark side taking me down is when I'm sleep deprived, when oh, I'm yeah, me too. emotionally um, unconcluded with something. Yes. I'm distracted. Me too. Especially in, our, in your relation, in one's relation, my yeah. relationship. It just takes me out. Um, so what else? Hmm. I mean, exercise and great food, I think, are huge thing. because they move energy in your body mm-hmm. and they open up spaces and they help you let go of things. I'm, I'm just like such a huge advocate, um, advocate for the mind-body connection. It's everything. Um, and I think that food as well holds a vibration. You can either be eating high vibrational food that you're taking on that vibration and you're opening up parts of yourself that are connected to spirit and connected. You can hear your intuition um, more clearly or you're taking on food with lower vibration that completely distracts you from your intuition. Especially meat, dairy that's unorganic low vibrational meat and dairy that's really hard on the mind spirit Mm -hmm. you know war on consciousness hormones gmo corn syrup all of those things that are hidden and in everything these days um i mean one could say the negative war has infiltrated itself into the human consciousness where people are actually poisoning poisoning our food chain and that is a way of letting the the negatives win the war. That's part of spiritual warfare. Totally. I mean, you there's mind- some dark people out there doing some dark stuff, really dark stuff. And since it's stuff that we would good people would never think of doing or possible that they they can't even conceive of the things that the bad guys are doing. So, that in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's it's a big one. Hmm. Is there anything else interesting on this topic you want to get into? I mean, there's a lot, but I think we introduced it hopefully in a way that people can understand and resonate with because yeah, there's a I lot of different super aspects. Super relatable. I I mean, if I if I'm going to share something personal, it would be it's always um, nice <laughs> understanding my triggers and knowing that they are a gateway to enter into the dark side of the spiritual warfare. <laughs> and so in relationship, for example, if my partner understands my triggers, he's less likely to set them off and is more on my team. Mm-hmm. Getting your partner on your team. Oh, yeah, a that's big, a big one. Big and one. vice versa. Like I want to know what triggers him so I can work on not triggering him and supporting him to be his best. But as we've worked out before, triggers can also be an amazing blessing because then that if you have the know-how, you can use that as an indicator to something you need to heal and move through and let go of in order to be a better version of yourself. So triggers, I guess I'm talking about triggers um, in the the sense, the unreasonable sense. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a good start. I'm sure we're gonna yeah, we'll get, <laughs> expand we'll get on this at some point. aspects of it or other aspects of it at some other point. Beautiful. So what do you reckon? Should we wrap up with an invitation to our listeners? Yes. Okay, so here's an invitation for you, um, a challenge for you. Next time you are fighting with your friend or spouse, ask yourself, is this my ego or love talking? Is this argument worth representing the darkness for? What am I really committed to? And then just, you know, if you are committed to love, 
forcing yourself to choose love in those moments and seeing what that takes. What does it take for you to choose love in that moment? And then making that your practice. And also getting together a toolkit, having a little invisible toolkit under your bed or in your pocket where you can always reach it and knowing what's in there, really making a note of your bio-individuality and what works for you to get you back to that place of empowerment and balance and love within your own mind and body, whether that's exercise, good food, meditation, uh, whatever it may be, just knowing what you can call on in those moments where you're getting taken down by spiritual warfare. Great. And also I would really recommend if you haven't yet reading our article on spiritual warfare, that was a really popular article. I think a lot of people found some relief and and inspiration in that article. Gosh, so hopefully. check it out. We'll link it. We'll link it to the show notes. Yeah. And also listen to our podcast on relationship triggers that I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty incredible way to um, understand spiritual warfare mm-hmm. and know how to navigate it and use it for good. Especially within your relationship. Um, also, we want to know about your ideas on the best way to support the light in yeah. this spiritual war. Email us. Earth. Let us know. Yeah. Tell us everything. Email us. Leave us a comment. And if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would also be awesome because we read every single review and we are so grateful for any And we're trying to represent the light. So the more stars you give us, the more you're representing the light. And we're on the same team. Totally. Totally. Yep. Beautiful. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your curiosity into being a better person to create a better world. We're all in this together. We can do it. And um, yes, sending you out with love and light and the knowing that when you heal yourself, you heal the future. Okay. Love you lots. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.